it's, it's already become a staple for us to say grace and peace. Uh, I think we're going to keep it uh, through a lot of our gatherings. So grace and peace to you. We're going to be beginning out of Matthew 18, verse 20. So if you want to use your device and find that scripture, or if you want to go ahead and turn to it in, uh, in your Bible, you can. And uh, I just want to begin with a very traditional prayer of ours and mine. Let's, let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, I, we thank you for the chance to be in your word. I thank you for the calling on my life. Um, and uh, Lord, I pray that um, you help me to be a simple preacher. Uh, that is uh, preaching so simply that a child would understand me. And Lord, I, I do often ask for your words of knowledge, not that I can turn them on or turn them off, but uh, to give them to very specific people at very specific moments. And you know who's watching, when they're watching, and where they're watching from. And I just trust your um, I just trust your power and your sovereignty to know that. If you prompt me with something, Lord, I do want to be obedient to speak to it, no matter where it's going. And then, Lord, I know you will remind me <clears throat> that out of everybody watching, everybody gathered, I'm the one under a strict judgment, a greater judgment, because I'm a teacher of your word, and I accept my place in rightly dividing it. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, his name that I preach. Amen. I was going to say it's good to see you, but I'm not able to see you. I'm just putting in my mind the fact of who may be watching. And um, I want to uh, continue our series, In His Presence. And today, I, I want to give you, um, from Scripture, invitations to come into His presence. And one of the things that we have put together at Hope Church uh, is something that happened to me in a preaching conference a few years ago. It was in Louisville, and I had the opportunity to uh, uh, be in a conference that uh, was led by Dr. Robert Smith out of uh, Beeson Divinity School and Sanford University. Phenomenal preacher, phenomenal man. And we were able to share some time together. At the end of the conference, uh, we, were all, we all preached at different times, and uh, we were preaching to students and others and helping them out. Churches were there in, some, in a consulting kind of way. We were helping them. But at the end, they created a panel, and the panel was about asking for the invitation. And someone said, Jeff, what do you do at Hope Church? Well, immediately, I just rattled these four things off. And the four things that I rattled off was we invite people to call to the Lord, uh, to come to the Lord, to cast to the Lord, and then confess to the Lord. And I, I, I was pretty astonished at how I spit that off. Um, I, uh, I, I've never put that together. Obviously, it's been in my mind, in my heart. But I started looking at the invitations into His presence so uh, we're going to use those as a reminder that they're not just invitations, but they are invitations in, in invitation into the presence of God uh, to be with the Father, to to seek His counsel, to uh, empty either the the glad things of our heart or the burdening things of our heart. And so I, I want to uh, I want to give you this today and begin, but I want to begin in Matthew eighteen twenty. And the verse says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there among you. Uh, 
this, this section of Matthew is talking about the restoration of a brother. And it even, it even talks in sections about calling upon heaven and, and uh, uh, what it really means is, is we're getting heaven's advice. We're seeking, James would say, we're seeking wisdom uh, uh, from heaven. What's heaven's wisdom to this? Not earthly wisdom, not your wisdom. What's, what's heaven's advice to this? And in the restoration of a brother of a, of a, or a sister, uh, it is we seek heaven's counsel on what it is that we need to do. So I want to give you some things about Matthew that I think are very interesting. One is he uses the phrase two or three a lot. Uh, he uses that, and, and again, it is a focus on his presence. But um, if before I go any further on the two or three usage, I, I want you to know that Matthew is keyed in on being in the presence of the Lord. And let, let me explain to you and show you what I mean by that. Let's, let's begin the book in Matthew one twenty three. Um, it's talking about uh, the Lord and being born and, and even naming him. He said, see, the virgin will become pregnant, give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated. Go ahead and say it. God with us. He actually begins his first chapter of showing that how God is with us, uh, which is key to our series in his presence that he's wanting to be with us. But here's what's fascinating. At the very end of Matthew, in Matthew 28, 20, we know it as the Great Commission and part of it. He says, uh, we teach them to observe everything I've commanded you and remember I am with you always to the end of the age. Do you see the picture? The beginning of Matthew chapter one and the end of Matthew, he is bookending that God is with us that he's wanting to be among us. And then Matthew uses the phrase two or three are gathered together or two people are doing this or two or three people are doing that. <clears throat> Realizing that it's, that is a smaller group. It is a more personal level, but uh, he, he has promised us to not be with us just generally as a believing population. But uh, obviously, he is telling us, I'm in those more intimate gatherings as well. And he gives us this promise. And you need to understand, he's the only one who can give us this promise. Uh, it's only a promise that our Lord could make. So the key, the key in looking at Matthew 18, 20, he says, where two or three are gathered together, and it's in my name. I've seen people uh, use this verse and not get it all right. Uh, I've heard people say, well, if two or three are gathered, he's in the midst of them. Uh, it's not what it says. It's not where there's just two or three. <clears throat> the key to this verse is in my name. That's the key. So we are gathering in his name. If we're gathering in his name, then there's a focus on him. The focus is on him. As a pastor, that's where I challenge you and remind you all the time. Keep your focus. We're going through COVID-19. We're going through crisis. We're going through shelter in place. <clears throat> We're worried about what the fall is going to look like. 
uh, camps are closing. I'm with Fish and Wildlife, and they've closed down all of our conservation camps uh, for the summer. Our Christian camps are yet to make decisions on some part of the summer. But it's, it's, there's just a lot of things that are going on. Um, our, our, our focus, we got to focus on how is Jesus going to lead us through these closings, these transitions, these, all these things that are going on. Uh, but in, in my name is the key of the gathering. Why? Because if we're in his name, there is a focus on him. There's a focus on his truth. And in the context of this passage, uh, we will make the right judgment in restoring a brother or sister. If we focus on him, we are going to make the right judgment concerning what we're in his presence about. Uh, man, I've got a lot of questions. My prayer, as you know, was uh, just learning to navigate the culture. And then all of a sudden this happens. Well, it's 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 changed the whole navigation again. Uh, some of the things we're looking in the future is speculating of what it's going to be. Is it going to go back to a system or a template that we've had before? I don't think the I don't think we will. I think there's going to be a lot of questions. So uh, if if I'm going to be together with two or three or a, a larger number, the key is we gather in His name. There's His focus. There's His truth. There becomes the right judgment. And not only that, we are focusing on the truth of, of who he is. So he, if we're there in, in his name, he is in the midst of us. He's in the midst of us and he's there to provide us the right way, the right choice, the right direction, and the right decision to be able to make. Um, Matthew eighteen twenty. I wanted to use that to set the standard so whether it's a big gathering in his name or Matthew says two or three, that he is there with us and our focus is on him and our focus being on him. What are we choosing? We're choosing to make the right decisions. So I want to, I want to invite you to one of our invitations that we have at Hope Church. And we, we have in a counseling session, we have in a spiritual conversation, whatever it is, is Jeremiah 33, 3. And that is an invitation uh, to call to him. Let me read it to you. It says the, 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 the lead in here is that the Lord has told Jeremiah a second time, and he's instructing Jeremiah to tell the people that I want them, I want them to call on, on me. Here's the verse. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and wondrous things you do not know or can emphasize we are not able to understand at this time. Um, do you hear it? You're going to hear what? Do you hear the invitation? What, what invitation? To go into his presence. You're not going to call to him and not be in his presence. Uh, he desires that. When are we going to wait? When are we going to wake up to that? Uh, he absolutely desires it. You're going, you're going to ask the question you probably have. You've probably had discussions about it. Can, can God shut everything down to get our attention? I'll let you answer it. I'll let you answer it. Um, the, what do you think? I mean, there's an invitation here. Invitation into what? Well, to call to him, but what? it's deeper than that. What's the, invita what's the invitation? It's the invitation into his presence. And he says, if he call to me, I'll answer you. We just talked about Matthew 18, 20. 
where it says, uh, if he, if, if he, in my name, he's there with us. Our focus is there. He's there. And we're seeking his wisdom, his counsel, all those things. Same thing here. Uh, we, he's, he's inviting us to call to him our fears, our doubts, our worries, uh, our question marks, all those things. I use the question marks a lot because there's a lot of question marks in all of our futures. And the truth is, there always was. You just thought you had it all figured out. You thought you had your five and seven year plan already set in motion. That's the problem. You're going, well, I've got all these question marks now. You really should have had them anyway because uh, of living for the Lord. I mean, this crisis really shouldn't have made the question marks. It's the movement of God that handles, that we're all looking for. And if we're realizing this invitation into his presence, I hope you hear it. To call to him, he says, I'll answer you. And it's a promise. He said, I will answer you, show you unexplainable things. Uh, the key here, and this is where uh, in consulting other churches, I think we hit the wall. I, I, I think uh, we, we, we understand the invitation to call to him. We do. He gives us the answer. Guess what? We don't like the answer. I'm going to go seek some other source. But he's always going to give you his answer, his way. Remember, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So he's going to give you the answer according to his way and his thoughts. We don't like it, and we stop. That's where we hit the wall. And we seek some other source. And he says, I give you a promise, and my promise is I'm going to answer you. But just always remember, the answer is going to be on his terms. And when we realize that, then there's going to be this wonderful newness, this unbelievable happening that's going to be going on. I'm going to tell you about wondering, wondrous things you don't know or understand. Let me, uh, let me show you. When he invites us into presence, he invites us into power. Because wherever his presence is, you know the rest of it, right? There's, there's his power. And so there's some things I just don't know. Let me give you from as a leader. Uh, new staff alignment. We're thinking, okay, uh, we'll get all, we'll get over this. We're going back to our old staff alignment. Probably not. We probably aren't. You go well. Wednesday nights are going to be like they've always. Probably not. Sunday mornings are going. Probably not. We'll, we'll have vacation Bible school like we've always had it. Go ahead and say it. Probably won't. Uh, there's just all this new alignment, new hours of worship. Uh, which we'll be getting out to you. And you're thinking, oh man, well, now this clears, we'll go back to nine and 11. Go ahead and say it. Probably won't. It's going to be a whole new day. It's going to be a whole new way of going about new adjustments. Uh, many of them will be forever new focus, but what am I looking through? What am I looking for in all this? Am I looking for us to see the window to go back? No, I'm looking for the window of the movement of God. Why do I call on him? Well, number one, I want to be in his presence. I kind of like it there. If Jesus has ever hugged you, I promise you, you've never wanted to leave. And that's going to bring its own question mark. And I'll leave you for the wonder of that. But my point is, when you're in his presence, there's safety and security, power, all those things. And I really don't want to leave his presence. There's certainty there. And I don't want to leave it. So we're calling to him. 
seeking an answer, hearing it his way, looking for the movement of God. So this invitation, this invitation in the presence is, I want you to call to me. Uh, and what are we looking for? We're not looking for things to go back to the way they were. We're looking for the opening. We're looking for his direction on in this crisis, in this time frame, what is the movement of God? Our next invitation is an invitation that he says to come to me. And it's in Matthew 11 and it's verse 28. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, heavy laden is the way I learned it. And I will give you rest. Uh, the continual verses is he's trading his load, our heavy load for his lighter load. And he says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Uh, do you hear that invitation? Can you read that invitation? And that is, again, an invitation into presence. Uh, we're trading our load off. I remember an early, when we started Hope Church in 1998, um, and uh, we uh, were learning to worship in a newer way. Uh, and we were singing a song, Trading My Sorrows. I remember that song, I'm Trading My Shame. Uh, and it, it is a picture of that. The picture of that is... I'm taking my heavy load that the world has put on me and that I may have allowed the world to put on me and I'm, I'm, I'm just buckling under it. And then uh, I come to him. He gives me an invitation. Hey, will you come into my presence and let me switch loads? Let me take that heavy load off. I'm going to give you a load of responsibility, but it's a whole lot lighter. This is where I often say the unfaithful life is the hardest life. Uh, a lot of people are going, oh, the faithful life is the hardest. No, it's, it's got its difficulties. Don't get me wrong. But the faithful life is the easier life. <laughs> the unfaithful life is the heavier life. It's the heavier load. And so here's the invitation into his presence. Don't forget that. And he's wanting to shift and trade loads with you. I have a worldly load that is heavy. We're buckling under for a lighter load. And he promises us rest, solace, for ourself and for our souls. And this invitation is an invitation into some incredible healing moments for your life. That he's asked, I mean emotional healing loads, which lead to physical healing loads uh, in uh, healing moments. And in that, uh, these healing moments, where do, they, where do they happen? Well, they happen when we hear the invitation to come into his presence or to come to me. The next invitation is an invitation that he says, cast to me. It's 1 Peter 5, 7. Actually, I'm going to read verse 6 with it as well. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. He, he does have a plan to exalt you. You need to see that. But look at verse 7. Casting all your care upon him because he cares about you. Did you read it? Did you hear it? You already know where I'm headed, right? He's inviting you into what? His presence. Uh, cast on him, meaning literally throw it. Uh, absolutely throwing it on him. And what, what are your cares? The word here is actually a word for anxiety. And I don't have to ask you if you have any anxieties about where we are, about jobs, about businesses opening back up, about what's the economic future. And some of you are asking me, I'll go ahead and give you part of it. Uh, a lot of the excess and the run and funds probably not going to be there. 
uh, because we're probably not going to have the money for that. There's going to be a lot more uh, staycations, a lot more uh, uh, being at home and being involved with the with the mission that is here. Uh, I, I do foresee that. I absolutely foresee that. Don't care to tell you that I foresee that. But he says, cast your anxieties on him. Uh, all kinds of anxieties. We have them. All of us have them. So what do you do with them? And you're going, hey, you know, that, that person, that man or woman, they walk with the Lord. They seem to not have any anxieties. Well, have you ever asked them why? I, I bet you the reason why is because they cast them away. Uh, again, here's the invitation. The invitation is, I want you to throw them to me. He, he does not intend for you to carry those anxieties. I know, I know where you're going to get into. You're going to get in, hey, preacher, what about panic attacks? Hey, preacher, what about this? What a, I'm never going to tell anybody not to take their medicine. I'm not saying that now. I promise you I'm not. I've never done it in my life. Never will. But my point is, if I have an anxiety, I'm going to give it to the Lord. I've, I've, I've just learned to do that, whatever it is. And to do that is an invitation that he gives me into his presence. And he's asking me to cast that absolutely upon him. And a, a lot of times I've, I've, I send people for medical care. Absolutely. I'm going, you need to go see your doctor before we go any further in this counseling session, I've, I've done that several times, and I'll probably do it several times in the future. Uh, but my point is, it's okay to see them. Uh, our, our family is heavily, heavily populated with uh, people in the medical field. Uh, and I serve on a board at a hospital. Yeah, but I'm still saying we've got to cast anxieties to him. It's an invitation and into his presence, you can hear it, you can read it, that um, I, I, I'm doing it. Why is he doing this? Because he really does want you to know what the verse says is that he cares about you. And I want to go back to verse 6. I want you to see that. He, he really does have a plan of uh, lifting you up in due time. I want you to know that, that he hadn't forgotten about you and that he cares about you deeply. But the invitation to cast your anxieties on him, and I know you have them, I'm encouraging you to do that now, is to come into his presence. Our uh, next and last invitation into his presence is confess to him. Uh, before I go any further in that, I don't want to tell you that these are the only four that I see in Scripture, but they contain most of them. Uh, and I, I know you can find other things and hope you do. But this one, the last one, is we confess to him. It's First John 1, 9. Let me read it to you. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. Great line there. And, and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, same questions. Did you read it? Did you hear it? There's an invitation. An invitation to what? Into his presence. And even in his presence, we can confess where you and I have done wrongly. The word confess is a Greek word that's homologeo, meaning same word. And what it means is, is I agree with God. It really can go back to Jeremiah 33.3 that I call to him and he answers me and, and I agree with his answer because the answer is going to be his way. Um, confession is I finally see my sin the way that he sees it. 
and I, I'm in agreement that I've done this unto him. So when we get to conv- get to uh, the confession, uh, it is an invitation to come to him and get things taken care of. There's a cleansing here. And the verses following in chapter 1, 1 through 8, we're talking about mentioning the Father, mentioning the Son, their relationship, our relationship with them, and then how Jesus, is his sacrifice is the one who cleanses us. Do you need cleansing? Uh, you're probably going, no, what I need is a haircut. I hear you. I, I can't wait. I'm, uh, I'm probably going to be in line on May the 25th. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking forward to a haircut. Uh, some of you ladies are probably saying, no, I need a pedicure. Don't just, don't just leave that to ladies. I'm saying that too. I told you the other day, I, I look like a horse growing a hoof, you know? Uh, what do you need? You're going, what do you need? You need cleansing. You need all this other stuff? Sure, I'm sure. You know what we need? We need to be clean before the Lord. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. And we're told to always check our heart. Guard your heart and look at that. So where, where are you going to get that done? How, how is the Lord going to empty the things out of your life? You know, as a pastor... Lots of questions about demonic activity. I get them a lot. And most pastors have seen demonic activity in some form or fashion. And uh, a lot of people are like, well, how do we get rid of the demons? I mean, I am so thankful for a man who mentored me at Fuller Seminary, Charles Craft. And uh, I think he's brilliant. Um, I, I, I love him. He loves me. I love him back. But uh, he says things really simply for me. And one of the things he said is people are uh, asking questions about demonic activity and they're asking like, how do I get rid of the demons? Well, he refers to demons as rats so that we can understand it a little better. And he said, well, how do you get rid of rats? To get rid of rats, you get rid of the garbage. You get rid of the garbage. Anybody that's ever had rats, mice, how do you get rid of, get rid, get rid of the source? Uh, get get rid of the garbage. And so one way to handle demonic activity is just confessing prayer. Uh, because what does it do? It gets rid of the garbage. Uh, I know you're saying you need a lot of things. And I was in jest trying to make you laugh a little bit about your haircut and your pedicure. But what you need is a cleansing. You need a cleansing. Where are you going to do that? Where's a new day? Does a new day do that? Uh, does your new haircut do that? No, it doesn't do that. Uh, where are you going to get it? It's an invitation into his presence to confess and agree with him about the sins in our life. Is it easy for any of us to say, Lord, you have highlighted that I'm selfish and I fought it, but I finally agreed to it. I am, and I need you to forgive me. Uh, it can go on and on and on. It's still a call into his presence. And it, it's, a, it's a deep cleansing of the soul. And so Jesus has the power. Remember I told you, if you're in the presence, you're in the power. Jesus has the power to forgive. So where are you going for his forgiveness? You go into his presence. Do you hear it? Do you read it? It is a call. It's an invitation 
and to come into his presence and be deeply cleansed with confession and forgiveness. And he says in that verse that he keeps on cleansing. He keeps on doing it. It's a continual action. That's, that's what he works at for you, is to keep you clean before him. And one of my favorite passages or, or sections of this verse is he is faithful. And he is faithful. He's faithful enough to where he can be at a huge gathering of people in his name, or two or three, as Matthew points out. He's faithful to say, if you call to me, I'll answer you. I'm going to give you my answer. And it's, it's going to be wonderful, almost unexplainable, almost indescribable to you. He's, uh, he's faithful enough that if I come to him, he will trade my load for me. He's faithful enough that I can cast to him my anxieties. As I said, you may see godly people who seem to have no anxiety. It's not that they don't. It's just that they cast them away. He's faithful enough to receive those. And he's faithful enough to forgive you of your sins. It, whether we're in a crisis or we're not in a crisis, we are beckoned to his presence. The invitation is call to me, come to me, cast to me, and confess to me, and spend time with the Father. I hope you hear his invitation. And the invitation is in his presence, grace and peace.